again, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Damon Curtin, Senior Journalist from XR Today. As always, bringing you the latest and greatest from the VR, AR, and XR industries. And today, we have on a wonderful guest, we have Mr. Scott Cullither. He is the president of the Invent Group and the chief executive of Invent Atom. So, Scott, tell me a little bit more about your work and what you do with both of those. Damon, great to be with you. Huge fan of, uh, of your work and everything that you guys are doing. Um, yeah, so Invent Group, we're a, a global brand story project. We have uh, nine offices, soon to be 10 offices in seven different countries. In fact, I'm calling in right now from Mumbai, India, uh, where we're presently opening up an office uh, where we will have a large emphasis of support with our Web3 business. Um, we focus basically on helping the largest brands and organizations in the world uh, tell stories to their most important uh, audiences, whether that's their customers, their con their consumers, uh, the press, investors, employees, etc. And we do that through a variety of different ways, one of which happens to be Web3, which we believe is the next great frontier for brands to tell stories and engage their most important audiences and communities. Absolutely. And we've seen a lot in the retail space, the, you know, the hospitality and many companies are now getting the confidence to go back into Web3, uh, you know, after the big dip, you know, in 2022, it seems like consumer confidence and marketing confidence is increasing. Yeah, I mean, it's undoubtedly been a, a volatile time, you know, for the Web3 space. Uh, I think much of that has to do with it's a brand new it's a brand new playground. Uh, for consumers, for for fans, for brands, for for everybody, uh, but also especially in the world of marketing, I think that there are a lot of organizations that charged in entirely too quickly without fully developing a Web three strategy. Now that the dust is settling a little bit, uh, some bad actors have left the space and are still leaving the space. I think we're going to see some very very exciting things in the Web three space. Absolutely, yeah. So we're going to dive right into the conversation. We're going to touch on those subjects uh, very, very soon. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain about a few of the things related to Web3. So specifically in e-commerce, like for you, why do you think e-commerce experiences are moving from 2D to the 3D? And uh, what does this do to help build communities around brands in the metaverse? Yeah, yeah. so um, about four years ago, um, we conceived this idea called Bazaar, which is a virtual uh, e-commerce experience. And we did so based on my experience as a, as a child, quite honestly, um, and my disillusionment with the traditional e-commerce platforms that are out there today. I think that I recollect back to when I was a kid, I'm 59 years old, and my parents used to drop me off at a shopping mall on a Saturday or Sunday. I'd spend the entire day with my friends running around the mall creating havoc. And oh, by the way, we'd also buy some things. So not only did we have an incredible social experience, but we also then transacted and we bought merchandise and, and products. And so uh, when, when this idea emerged into my head, I was watching my kids who are, are what the Gen Z Alpha, Gen Z and Alpha age group, and they were rushing into buying a drop online. And in between the moments where they were able to get the drop, they socialized with one another. We were sitting around my kitchen table. And so I saw this experience come to life in a way 
that reminded me of when I was a kid. And so I think if, if I take that sort of recollection of what I experienced when I was a kid and you marry that with this generation of Zalphas who represent the largest generation on the planet, a largest demographic population on the planet right now, and you look at the fact that they want two things more than anything else. They want a shareable experience in a virtual world. So if you combine those um, characteristics, uh, sort of the nostalgic stuff that I experienced as a kid, combined with what this generation, the largest population in the world wants right now, there's the TAM, the total addressable market is incredible. So the, so the, the opportunity is there and the demand is clearly there. And so for, for us, we entered into this uh, in a big way, building out our own platform that is a e-commerce platform because we truly believe that for brands to create and build communities, build engagement, get that sort of halo love, that brand love effect that I had as a kid, it's e-commerce platforms are really going to need to evolve beyond a thumbnail of a shirt or a t-shirt or a pair of sneakers on a screen where I drop it into my basket into a virtual shareable experience that you can do with anyone around the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that one of those things about building community is actually having, you know, people represent themselves as avatars, sharing, you know, real-time 3D content, things of that nature that puts them in this immersive world and allows them to interact in new ways that haven't been seen before. Completely. And I, and I think that in this, in this notion of Web3, you know, where it's creator-led and it's community-owned, uh, I think that these virtual worlds are going to excel beyond the, the traditional brick and mortar for sure and, and beyond what the traditional e-commerce platforms represent today. Absolutely. Yeah. Diving straight into the next question that I want to kind of ask about that. Um, for you, can you tell us a little bit about the customer journey towards spatial digital transformations? Like how do clients benefit from using specifically Bazaar and, you know, Invent's family of apps, Invent's family of products? Yeah. So I, I think that the biggest benefit to, um, to brands and, and our clients is the same benefit that their communities are going to receive. And that is that re-engagement of, of, um, uh, of the brand personality and the connection that's made between that personality of that brand and the consumer. Okay. I think that with, uh, the onset of web two and the digital revolution, a lot of that brand love or that halo of what a brand means is getting lost and it's getting lost because there is a, uh, there's a, there's a barrier between us and the brand. And that is the screen that we're looking into right now. And I think that these virtual worlds that are coming to into fashion right now are basically taking that barrier down and allowing a brand to engage more directly and more meaningfully with a consumer. So not only is that going to be the number one benefit in our mind to the brand, but it's also going to be a very, very special benefit to the consumer because they're going to get that feel and excitement of going into a brick and mortar uh, IRL uh, shopping center, if you will, uh, trying on a pair of sneakers in the virtual world, 
sharing that uh, I'm, I happen to be in Mumbai, India right now. Uh, uh, you're, you're all the way on the other side of the world. Sharing that experience with one another, regardless of where we are in the world, regardless of our time zone. And so I think that that's a massive opportunity for both brands and consumers at the same time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when you have these uh, capabilities to like allow people to interact no matter where they are, that also increases the accessibility to different kinds of um, products, product launches, for example, people, you know, have smartphones, so they can always attend it by a smartphone, but to get there in person, it may be a little bit more difficult. So you can at least still have that experience of dealing with semi-tangible things like digital items, but not being able to actually attend the product launch in person. Well, that's exactly right. And I think that that goes to, um, special experiences that are created by brands too. You know, like like these massive drops that happen, you walk around any metropolitan area and you'll see these massive lines to get in to a drop. Uh, some of that's created by design because they want the FOMO. Some of it's created simply because they can't handle the amount of appeal and interest that there is. With these virtual worlds, all of that goes away. And uh, beyond that, you have the ability to create experiences that you can't simply create in IRL experiences. Because you have a limitless canvas in which to create a brand experience or an experience that a consumer is going to appreciate and enjoy, uh, it's, it's gonna be a really incredible place for uh, people to go, people to share experiences, et cetera. And to your point about different time zones and geographic regions, um, I've got friends all over the world. And right now through uh, Bazaar and other decentralized platforms, I'm able to have a shared uh, shopping experience with those friends and family members, regardless of where they are, no matter what time of the day or night it is. Absolutely, yeah. And then I was gonna actually, you know, you raise a very interesting point about that, is the ability to be able to do all of this. Now, of course, behind all of that is there's a lot of amazing technology that helps to create those immersive experiences. Now, speaking specifically with Bazaar, like how do they accommodate the, you know, the technological infrastructure needed to port maybe a business experience or a product launch or a drop into the metaverse solution? Like what kind of technologies yep. do you leverage for that? So we chose to go um, a different route than some of the other um, uh, virtual experiences or immersive experiences have gone. And we went with a, a web-based, a web GPL GPU uh, crafted experience, which is an open uh, technology that um, anybody can use and operate. Um, we happen to like it because it's, it's one of the lowest uh, barriers to entry. You don't need the big clunky goggles, so you don't have to invest a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars in a new pair of, of eyeglasses. Uh, it's mobile enabled, so you can look at it on your smart device and or your desktop. Um, it's very simple and intuitive to use. And that's the foundation of what we're using. Then we're using a, a number of existing uh, technologies like Play Canvas, for instance, uh, is, is a, a major uh, piece of software that we're using along with Ready Player Me for our avatar builds. Uh, and we've chosen those because those are popular and they're, they're interoperable. Um, and so we, we've taken an approach 
And, you know, this whole notion of decentralization or interoperability is being thrown around like crazy. But the reality of it is, is that, you know, Decentraland and Sandbox and Roblox and all that, they're not fully decentralized yet. And we've taken an approach where we are building, I think, what will be the first fully decentralized interoperable uh, metaverse or immersive experience uh, in the metaverse. And we've done so because we are... Um, our, our focus and our aim is uh, to support brands and engage those uh, and help those brands engage with their communities, right? So we're driven first by that rather than by creating, in many instances, the examples I just cited, by creating a game first and trying it to attract consumers and now trying to build something off of the platform that pre-existed, right? We're building this uh, platform out custom and bespoke on behalf of brands and behalf of fans to engage them in the most meaningful ways. And so we're doing so uh, with a number of very easy to use, very open, uh, very interoperable software platforms that are all glued together. With that said, we have 29 unique patent applications uh, in uh, for approval that range anywhere from um, the way that we're uh, we're transacting goods and services, both IRL and digital, to the uh, ability to build your own shopping experience. You could pick 24 brand worlds in your bizarre metaverse, and I can pick 24. Mine can be completely independent or different than yours, or some of them can be similar. And the moment I enter into a brand world that you also have in yours, we have a shared experience. And so that's a unique a unique thing uh, to the third example I'll give you is real real time sizing technology. Another real world experience for me is, uh, you know, my wife loves to shop online and she'll order three or four blazers, uh, the exact same blazer, different sizes, different colors, because when it shows up, she tries them all on and then she'll send three or four of them back and keep the one that fits the best and looks the best. Here, what we're doing is developing real, real-time sizing technology. So you and I, again, are in different parts of the world. You can look at me in this blazer with this pocket square and say, no, try the blue pocket square, the red one. And we can have this, and I can see if the blazer fits me because the technology's there to be able to size the blazer, and then we can select this. So I think what's going to happen is not only is it going to be a better experience for consumers and brands, but it's going to be a more cost-effective experience Plus, it's going to have a reduction in the carbon footprint that currently exists because of all of the returns and the purchases that are being flown back and forth around the world. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things we talked about a lot with people who were into Web3 fashion was that many of the people needed to find ways to meet sustainable development goals by using as few mm -hmm. physical resources as possible, in addition to create an identity based around the brands that people interacted with. So for example, you have an avatar with Ready Player Me and that avatar can store some maybe like digital tokens that you would use in a specific uh, marketplace, or <clears throat> it would allow them to interact and then change the data as they interact with different worlds. So like, okay, you visit this place a lot. So we're gonna show you certain ads tailored to, you know, your experiences in the immersive world here and then in another world there. So yeah, it's very nice that you're actually building that interoperability for that. 100%, and that, and that also then reminds me of the early days of cable television. 
you know, when there was three networks, you were watching a wide variety of things. Now there's 500, 600 different networks. You can watch specifically what you want to see. And so what you just referenced, Amand, is exactly that notion that content uh, experiences, uh, transactions can all be specifically tailored to a consumer or a fan's desires and likes and the consumer insights that come out of this and the predictive analytics that are going to be used are not only going to be good for the brands, but they're going to really enhance the user experience in a way that's never been done before. And uh, so, you, so anytime you, you jump onto one of these uh, immersive experiences, you're going to have an experience that is completely tailored for you, and yet it's going to feel completely tailored for me, and you and I could be in the exact same experience. Brilliant. Yeah, I guess if we've got time for one more, I wanted to ask you a little bit about some of the Absolutely. trends that you've seen um, around, you know, this particular this particular vertical, you know, retail, e-commerce. Yeah, and well, I, I think one of the biggest trends will be for brands, uh, this notion that we're that we've conceptualized called mass metaverse as a service, much like SaaS is a is a platform service right now. Uh, we think that metaverse as a service is going to be a massive trend. It's going to represent recurring revenues uh, for brands and organizations all over the world, um, whether it's retail or any other uh, form of immersive experience. I think that's a trend. I think that this idea of um, of predictive analytics where uh, I'm able to, as a brand or an organization, I am able to collect data that I'm not able to collect in an IRL experience because of the limitations that exist. And I'm able to then predict future outcomes for my consumers or customers. Some people would look at that and go, well, wow, that's a little big brother. I'm a little scared of that. I get it totally and we get it. Um, so the, the users on, on our platform are going to be able to opt in or opt out of that. And if you, if you opt in to share your data and share, because again, remember Web3 philosophy, you own your content, you own your, your creations, you are the community member, you're in charge. Um, you'll be able to opt in or opt out of that. If you opt in, you're going to be rewarded for sharing that data by getting points or getting purchase items or something along those lines. So I think that's a massive trend. I think this notion of interoperability is going to finally come to a realization. The, uh, the reason there's such roadblocks in our opinion is because these platforms were not built to coexist with one another. They were built pre-Web 3. They were built as Web 2 platforms and now they've evolved or they're evolving into Web 3 platforms. So I think that that's going to be a, uh, a real uh, trend. And then I just think the, 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 the brand safety is going to be a massive trend right now. And through the use of blockchain technology, uh, I think for the first time, consumers are going to really know whether they're buying an authentic product or not uh, uh, over e-commerce. You, you go on um, any of the platforms that exist right now and uh, you're buying stuff from anywhere in the world. You don't, you, you have that platform's assurance that it's an authentic brand. But I think through the use of blockchain, there's going to be a level of brand safety that we've never felt before. And so I believe those are the top trends that we'll see. Excellent observations. And thanks so much for sharing that with us. And uh, of course, yeah, of course. once again, everyone, we've been speaking to Scott Colter. He is the president of the Invent Group and he's the chief executive of Invent Atom. And we've been speaking about a lot of the amazing things taking place in the immersive 
um, marketing and the immersive e-commerce platforms that we're seeing take shape around the world, especially for Bizarre, which is their platform that they're making headwinds in. And yeah, headwinds, or is that headways? <laughs> I gotta make sure I get that calculator right. <laughs> but yeah, amazing stuff that we've seen. And, you know, um, hats off to you guys for actually creating a fully Web3 decentralized platform for that. Thank you. Thank and you. and uh, uh, Damond, I just want to say thanks again so much for your time. Uh, for those of you that are interested in a demo, please go to www.bazarbzar.com. Look forward to hearing from you and seeing you in the metaverse. Cheers, everybody. Brilliant, everyone. And if you'd like to follow more conversations like this, please follow us at the XR News hashtag on Twitter and LinkedIn. Once again, my name is Damond Curitan, Senior Journalist XR Today. And thanks so much for joining us. And as always, have a great time and see you soon. Bye now.